attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a supervillain whose network of evil minions do his earth-threatening bidding are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Carl Rove? We have our finger. <laughs> we have our finger on the pulse of 2006. Take that, Carl Rove. <laughs> That's right. Carl went his his undisclosed location somewhere. Yeah, went back and forth. Cheney Rove. I didn't know what to do. Went 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 Rove. That's a terrible man on man film, by the way. <laughs> Cheney, Cheney Rove. Cheney Rove. Cheney it's terrible. It's Rove not unchained. It's not that bad. Oh. <laughs> uh, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie Cheney's guys empire. And I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so. We will look at all the newest releases in theaters. You can catch a show on iTunes and SoundCloud if you like the, to see the show. It's a video podcast as well, just in case you're listening. You can go to YouTube, movieguys.net. Uh, search us. We come right up. I'm Paul Preston, your lone movie guy, here holding the fort at the Yay. Admirals Club in beautiful... Hot as balls, Burbank, California. But I'm joined by a veritable bevy of special guests. Uh, let's see. The great Joe Kaplan is here. Stand-up comic and all-around quality American. Joe Yay, Kaplan. Joe Kaplan. He is great. I love that guy. Uh, plus indie filmmaker and equally funny cat, Jonathan Browning. Jonathan Browning. Slightly more funny. Slightly more funny. And his lover, actor and filmmaker, oh. Stoney Westmoreland. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Uh, later in the show, in the guest slot, which means uh, something totally different on other shows, the guest slot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Oscar-nominated <laughs> writer-director Tom Van Avermaet. Hey, and then Stoney can tell me if I pronounced that. Correct. I think that's right. I've never had to say it out loud in front of him though. Who puts an A and an E together backwards? Television shows A and E. He's Italian. <laughs> this is going to be cool because uh, he was nominated for an Academy <laughs> Award for Death of a Shadow short film. Our first Academy Award uh, nominee here on the show. That's pretty good. Yeah, how about yeah. that? We're moving up, right? And not the uh, last. Plus, we'll be previewing Disney's summer staple film, The Lone Ranger. Ugh. The Plot Doctors will take over the show for a segment and talk about how Johnny Depp can play anything. We'll have a look at the uh, indie flick, The Way, Way Back, Way and way back. later in the show. Mr. Gru, Agent Lucy Wilde of the Anti-Villain League. You're going to have to come with me. Oh, sorry. I Police! I should announce your weapons after you fire them. For example, Lipstick Taser! Stop it! Stupid machine. Karen's not here, so her laptop is with her. In New York. This means that I'm playing all of our cues today off of an iPhone. And they're in shuffle mode. Wait, is that and an they'll I just play one cue after is the next. Is that an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 5? This is an iPhone 5. Well, that's the problem. That's how Spielberg does most of his movies, by the way. Are you yeah, saying I fine. shouldn't have upgraded to the better phone? I'm not saying that it's better, is it, now? Apparently it's not. Apparently. And you have made a wise <laughs> statement about <laughs> I have a reel-to-reel tape machine we could use. Ooh. Yeah, let's just in the car? Yeah, nice. it's in the car. It's in the wagon out front. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, Eminem's Without Me playing there in the trailer for Despicable Me 2. Proof positive that artists no longer own the rights to their own music. But... Before we launch in today's full schedule of proceedings, let's get to know this all-star panel of tomfoolery a little better. We have uh, Joe, we have Stoney, we have Jonathan. Uh, so, gentlemen, talk to me about the summer movies. What do you think? Did you, have you not been to the movies? <laughs> I, I've, Who I've, have I gathered I've here? actually seen a lot of movies recently. 
I like the talkies As a lot. I, the talkies have moved <laughs> up. I saw uh, Kings of Summer. Oh, did you? Loved it. Really? Really, really loved it. Oh, you've gone indie. I have. I also saw Before uh, Midnight. You're all indie all the time. The, all indie all the time. It's the third installment. Really, that's really loved play, that or that's, or that's the movie or that's when you saw it? Oh. Yeah. Wait, what was the first one you saw? Uh, Kings of Summer. Tons of improvisation used in that film. Oh, is that right? You did a, a lot of improvisation, both leading up to the film and in the film itself. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. You mean like to create the characters and the story and all this stuff? Uh, the, I guess the, the kids. Uh, a friend of mine was their improv coach, so they did tons of On improv. On the film? Uh, yeah. So they got together uh, before. He's actually in the film. Craig Kikowski is his name. Oh. Yeah. Craig I hope that's okay that I announced that. Uh, now oh, that's it's cool. All Craig's yeah. great. Yeah, he's in the film, and he uh, was their improv coach leading up to the filming of the film, and then in the film, they said the director gave them a lot of uh, play. Anytime you can wonderful. get paid for improv. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not a very easy. good movie. I did see yesterday, I did a, a, a pay for one, stay for two. I saw, uh, <laughs> is, I can say that, right? I saw uh, uh, White House Down. I guess I don't even want to really talk about it. And I saw World War Z. Oh, huh. Nice. I took my son to see And World those. War Z was good? I, you know, it was creepy. I'll tell you, the, I'm not a zombie guy. Like Shocking. Joe, I think Joe's a zombie guy. I like Walking Dead. Yeah, so I thought Walking so. Dead's great. But you know the weird thing Shaun is, the I'm sitting in a I'm sitting in a theater full of twelve people. It's really creepy. It's really sad, and like three of them start laughing. It's not that nervous. I had this conversation with my son. It's not that nervous laughter where like, oh, this is oh, this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he was like, full on. That's funny. Those people are all messed up and zombie like now. I really, hmm. I didn't like that. Yeah, they they don't they don't take it seriously. These are the people you're working really hard for to please when you like go and audition or when you create a film or when you make a an album or you a create a painting. Book. I make a flip, a flip book. book. You yeah. make a flip book. Yeah. It's for those people. Those then people. you kind of just turn around and go, okay, "What am I doing? Really, this for? these people? Why am I doing yeah, that? Yeah, for the money, Paul. For Makes the money. you wonder. Really, <laughs> it's for the money <laughs> and the art, but mostly the money. The artistic part of money, yes. But I those I saw those films. I don't know if you guys. Uh, seen I haven't. Uh, I saw GI Joe. <laughs> that's uh, that's like the last Rice one. of Cobra? Yeah, Rice right, of Cobra. The one from three years ago. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't leave my house often, and I don't have television or access to uh, film or TV shows. Well, it's wonderful Wait, to have you as a guest like, on the movie guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. Do you have a television? Uh, I have a television, but no okay. access to any outside you mean you sources have a monitor, of entertainment. Right. I, have I, a monitor. I don't have cable, but you don't have Netflix, you don't have Hulu Plus or Roku Box or any of that? Nonsense. That, Apple what, TV? Wait, what was that last thing? Roku Box. It's a thing. You know, I have an aerial. I one time had a Roku book for a while. What'd you do to it? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to make a better joke out of it, but I couldn't say the word Roku box. <laughs> this is going to be some like Sears and Roebuck yeah. joke. Or what are you uh, doing? That was my nickname in high school, Roku box. Army <laughs> Hammer. That was my dancer name. That was really odd that that would come up here. Yes, you made a lot a of money. <laughs> the Roku box. But I thought the zombie like the the franchise was done. I, uh, you know, I mean, I, how could you possibly do more? And like you said, Walking Dead... That show, week after week, keeps doing new stuff I've never seen before with yes. zombies. I'm like, I sw- how could we have not have seen everything that the movie genre can dish out Although, with zombies? And Walking Dead, though, is running out of stuff, <laughs> they, they, in my opinion. <laughs> they, they're, they're getting a little more soap opera than I would like and a little less uh, monster zombies eating people. I, I want more of that and less, less I, uh, I, I, wars between the camps. There's nothing sexy about a zombie. No, oh. you're wrong. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> really? the, yeah. Mm, I get zombie porn. It's fantastic. Is that on the Roku box? No, it's it's kind of like White House <laughs> Down. I don't want to talk about it. But here's the thing about World War Z that the, the book was so brilliant about was 
all these other zombie films have a hundred zombies or a thousand zombies, but the idea of millions of zombies, if you think about LA becoming zombies, that idea that you can't escape, you can't hide, you can't go anywhere, millions of zombies, that's what was so amazing about the book. And I don't know if the film pulled it off, because like I said, I don't see films. I, I didn't read the book. My son read the book and said that the movie was pretty good, but different. <laughs> I don't, why why, I don't know why. I don't know why he's here. Really, uh, I'm a charming person. I saw. I saw a movie. Hold on, I, I'm, Joe. We'll get to this. Let, right. let me just say something else about All zombies. Right. I don't get the zombies. I just. I really don't understand. Here. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I don't understand if it's is it a metaphor for for the for the society becoming you know machine like? Is it is that what we're supposed to? There's nothing sexy about Let it. It's not, like, it's not like being put together like Frankenstein, which I get. It's a piece of all thing recreated. It. I get the sex of the of the sucking vampire. I love that shit. But the zombies like dead shit walking around. I, didn't, I don't get it. Well, that, that's the whole evil of the zombie. You can reason with a vampire. You can reason like you know what I mean. You can say to a vampire, "Listen, kill Joe." And then the rest of us, let the rest of us live. And then maybe the vampire will go, okay, all right, that works out for me. Almost every other monster, you can't reason with a zombie. They don't sleep. They're like Terminators. They're Terminators yeah. made of flesh. Yeah. yeah they not, will not stop time. until you are dead. Yeah. That's, that's the horror of it. Is they ne- you can't reason with them. You can't scare them. You can't chase them away. You can't do anything. But yeah. sometimes it seems I, like, like I, I, again, I haven't seen World War Z yet myself, and I'm actually... I, you know, I flagellate myself every night. Is that thing? Yeah, that's you can the thing do that. I do, you right? can do that with the Roku <laughs> box. <laughs> they, uh, um, they, these ones, you know, it's not oh, biting, though, is it? That turns you into a zombie. No, I don't really it, want to ruin it for you. Is it like 28? Well, I meant, oh, it is. <laughs> it's biting. You, just, it's, you it's don't hugging. want to ruin it for it, and then the same sentence, you ruined it for me. No, I, you know, it's, it's, about, it's not about zombies, though. You want to okay. be romantic? If you, if you became a zombie, if a, a zombie hugged you. And that's that became more romantic. What of a kiss? But we've seen that oh, before. That's man. nice. But see, that's different. Oh, I, I thought you were asking me to kiss you right there. I'm oh. sorry, it's confused. <laughs> I've kissed kiss. Tony. You had, oh, dude, we had a full on. Yes, makeout we had a full on makeout. Boom! It was awesome. I can still taste coming, you. Man. I was falling over a chair. It was, it was like a. Couch it was a long time ago over. too. I linger, baby. I'm I get in the morning and lick my lips. I haven't washed that cheek since. Which cheek are you talking about? <laughs> I'll just to see how long this goes. See if you mentioned it was an acting class. Or oh, right. It was an acting class. It was okay. an acting class, yes. It doesn't need I think, that Paul, disclaimer. you were there for it, weren't you? I think I, you were. No, I was the guy who went outside to work on my scene. Uh. Well, that's going on inside. Oh, you missed. Yes. I did. I missed. It was a good kiss. Ooh. Well, since no one else saw a movie. Full wait, 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 wait. He said he saw something. I, I did. I did. I saw um, Iron Man 3. All right, good, Paul. What's on the script? What do we got coming up? Well, we've got. <laughs> I think that came out in May. That came out May third. Oh, what about, what about that's, you're that's literally spring. two months? It behind. has to be summer. What's the problem? I saw Man of Steel. Yeah. Okay, good. There we go. I saw Manhattan. <laughs> I wish I could get excited about it, but I just. Superman caused the death of hundreds of thousands of people. I, I haven't seen it yet. And so I know please. the other movie guys, if they were here, they would just get on me about it was still so going weird, on dude. about that. Why couldn't I he can't. just pick him up and take him to the Amazon, fight the hell out of him in the Amazon, and nobody gets killed? Because like, Zod picked that place to fight. Michael That's Sh- where Zod picked Listen, to Michael fight. Shannon, That's what Adam would say. Michael Shannon's a mean yeah. son of a bitch, and don't he's a little creepy. Don't cross Michael Shannon. No, he's great. Dick. What? what? <laughs> I don't like Superman. Oh, Superman. Oh, I I Michael Michael How can you not like Superman? I don't. Th- I think he's the lamest superhero of all the superheroes is Superman. Why? Aquaman? He has too many powers. It's ridiculous to be like... The challenge then is to find out you know, what his uh, I like my, flaw could be. I like my superheroes to be more vulnerable. I don't think he's vulnerable enough. I don't think there's enough weakness there. He can never make love make to a interesting. woman. He can never make... <laughs> that's he, he that's would, vulnerable. He would, he would crush her. He, I, did, he, he I, did see, I did see... I can't really get graphic. <laughs> funny, I've never seen that explored in any of the movies. I, I saw explored once in a try, uh, try, like a little uh, cartoon in a Playboy or... He makes fun of my porn. 
My flip book covers it extensively. <laughs> oh, extensively. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me just put something in the Nickelodeon. Go ahead. Could you guys just kiss right now? <laughs> I just because we need ratings. <clears throat> Do you think mm. the kiss would bring it up? Let me just go into the You know, the it's table. in the news now. I got a Pacific Rim coming up. All right, here we go. Boom, zing. Hello. I what brought are we doing? Back. Oh, we're moving on. I brought it back Pacific Rim. Uh, I, I, I like how Stoney just decided he's going to move on. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about that. I realized I brought I'm up kissing you again, and he Joe, said, I'm a guest here on the podcast, but we'll just move on. Here we go, Paul. But Joe, you came up, your, 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 your addition to the group was Iron Man 3. <laughs> I'm not saying that you didn't bring anything to the table. Listen, I found out I was going to have something... this gig two days ago. I can't see a movie in that amount of time. I got kids. Right, I don't right. think anyone's listening at this point because they're so profoundly changed by my point that he can't make love to a woman that they are sitting in awe right they now. They must turn off anything electric. Yeah. Sit in total darkness. It's <laughs> like my apartment. And meditate on the concepts. <laughs> wait a minute. Why can't he make love to a woman? I don't wait quite understand. He's too strong. Wait, he, would, wait, he would kill wait, her. Wait, you don't have lights wait. in your apartment? No, I don't have lights. <laughs> I live in a Mormon apartment. <laughs> Mormons don't believe in lights? Those bastards have been lying to me So for he needs years. like a kryptonite... Garter belt or something, or a condom, a kryptonite condom. A kryptonite condom. Yeah. Then he'd be fine because he'd be. No, that would not be fine. It would kill the, the, the erection, right? That's the, the, the first thing. That's the first thing to go. Yeah. Every condom does. And with that, that's, that's, so wait a minute. That's what my Mormon Superman landlord tells me. Like condom. <laughs> he's going to impregnate his his girl. It's gonna it's gonna fail. Uh, that's interesting. That's why he can't wear a condom. Interesting. Now, are you coming around then, uh, Superman? Um. Never have sex. Yes, yes. I, if if the sex thing is involved, if that is his vulnerability, that he cannot make love to a woman because his superpowers are too incredible. I, yes. Now I'm. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just let me just say, it's not just a woman. In today, I mean, he can't make love to any human. And in some states, he can't get married. <laughs> Many states. Yeah. Why like, stop? Can we just humans? have a moment of most of them silence for, for that thought. <laughs> <laughs> It would be that weird. Dead if, uh, thought. Thank yeah, God, no, Doma. Remember, no. Doma's dead now, and we should just move on. And, and Superman. He can't can have, have sex, sex with the animals. They'll live through it, or he doesn't. No, no, he'll just kill them. That's what I said. Why stop at the humans? Why just go to the animals? A field of exploded yes. pigs out there. Just <laughs> find extinct an- or <laughs> animals on uh, the extinction Clark, list. What happened to my goat? <laughs> I have some explaining to do. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I don't know. Uh, Where's the phone booth when you need one? I would like to say none of that was explored in the film Man of Steel. <laughs> just want to bring it back to movies. Uh, but what? What to see this July 4th weekend? Well, as ever, we are Three here to provide a service. At once. Now, if uh, for no other reason, we attempt to reach a not-for-profit tax-exempt status by providing a service, not just, you know, uh, wackiness. So uh, outside of just entertaining with our movie previews, let's talk about and get you folks out there to know a little more about The Lone Ranger. Stoney, let's talk about it. Oh, it's, uh, it already sounds very updated. From uh, out of the West. Claude, did you want to do this? I, I would like to just try. Man. Stoney try. wants to do this. Out of the West. And a cloud of dust, a hearty, high old silver. Comes the Lone Ranger. Thank you very much. The big screen adaptation of the classic TV show. Or, if you're every single person in this movie's demographic, a whole brand new thing. With Johnny Depp and the guy who was the dickhead twins from the Facebook movie. Yeah, this, this isn't your father's Lone Ranger because it's, you know, it's in color and, and stuff happens. The good news, this is brought to you by Disney, producer Jerry Bruckheimer, director Gore Verbinski, and writers Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott. The exact same creative team who brought you Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. The bad news, it's from the same creative team who brought you Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. 
you know, I, I only watched this trailer once, and it was it was loud. And I was involved in another conversation about about something else. But I th- but I think I can sum it up for you, Paul. Go for it. it. It's it's a bunch of exploding trains, and they're threatening the West. And the trains keep exploding until one masked man and a weird hipster friend can't take any of these exploding trains no more. And so they set out to stop these trains from exploding, Paul. I think you might be onto something. Uh, Johnny Depp as Tonto. (laughs) They want Charlton Heston to play a Mexican. But anyone expecting a swashbuckling, mustache-chuckling, rhymes-with-chuckling pirate will be very disappointed. Yeah, much like in Pirates, Depp is... Cleverly infiltrated another movie franchise by seemingly taking a supporting role. Like, no, 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 no. I'll just hang back and add some atmosphere. You guys just go knock it out of the park. Right. And Army Hammer plays Orlando Bloom to Depp's Tonto. Yeah, if Army Hammer works out as a big movie star, you can expect The Man from Uncle starring Proctor and Gamble and Del Monte in The Rockford Files. Actually, one day Helena Bonham Carter wandered onto the set of The Lone Ranger. And who could blame her? She saw Johnny Depp and just thought, oh, I must be making a movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, hold on. I, I just want to know: is is Disney buying up the rights to all of our classic, you know, childhood memories? They they've got they they bought Marvel. They they got the Muppets, Star Wars, and now the Lone Ranger. I mean, what's next? Big Wheel, Play Doh, the Easy Bake Oven. Oh, and by the way, Disney, if you make any of these into movies, you owe me a commission, and you can send that check to Stony Westmoreland, Los Angeles, California. All right, the Lone Ranger, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Yay! did we learn about the Lone Ranger? Just now? You can send a check to Stony Westmoreland. At any time, actually. Would that get to you? Just Stony Westmoreland? I mean, how many Stony Westmorelands are there? there? I think there's me. You wouldn't even need to put Los Angeles. Just California. It would get to you. Yeah, but it helps. I mean, you know, these guys are government workers. We don't need to tax them any more than they're already taxed. (laughs) And I don't mean mean tax. I didn't mean mean to make it political. (laughs) I just meant work them harder than they're already... I didn't mean anything by that. Glory, no, glory. <laughs> just I'm just going to sing underneath your rant. Feel free to. I just want to say up. that the tax party is a... No, I got nothing to say. Your soapbox is leaning too close to your microphone. My soapbox? Oh, yeah. Nice. So like you, can, you can join in anytime you like. No, I was enjoying it. Actually, oh. I was supposed to read this note from Karen, again, oh. who is not here, and uh, uh, with the other movie guys. So uh, she said, why can't they make twins out of Army Hammer for every movie? She likes it. I didn't know that he wasn't... That those weren't real twins till just now. I swear to God, I didn't know they were real twins. I I've, thought they were real twins. Have you seen Social Network? I have. Because I just saw Iron Man 3, so I don't know where you are <laughs> in Social Network. <laughs> Iron Man 3 was very good, by the way. There's yes, a lot of Iron Men at the end. There were. Well, Most, they they were, were just suits. Yeah, they weren't men. Yeah. Right, but I, I enjoyed it. Well, you can't call <laughs> the movie Iron Suit. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't have the same ring. Right. Was Army Hammer in a suit? Iron Man? No. He, he was. Like he's, in in, he's the Lone Ranger. He was in J. Edgar, which I thought was great. What do you mean? You by know what? In DiCaprio's him? great in that movie. He, it's a fantastic like movie. Yeah, Army Hammer is fantastic I, in it as well. I think DiCaprio's good in everything he does. Here's the thing: Eastwood, when he's got a good script, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean well, that was a great script. Dustin Lance Black, who wrote uh, Milk, wrote well, that, and it was a great film. Name me a bad one he did. Who DiCaprio? Yeah. Uh, well, the last, other than the last uh, seven, twelve minutes of of that movie, uh, what was that movie with the kid who was uh, with Tim Robbins and? Mystic River? Oh, my God. Great movie except for the last 12 minutes. What the F was going on? Can I say F? You can. What the fuck was going on the last 12 minutes of that movie? I hated that movie. Hated that movie. I really <coughs> did. I thought it was just awful. That's why That's why I... I, I, I thought it was characters it, choosing really weird... That The thing I hear most about that movie... And I just hated it. The people complaining about the dialects. Isn't that weird? Like, the, that 
shows you it's not a very resonant film if that's what they're talking about. Did you see it? Yeah. Did you? I like saw it, it in the theater. Oh, yeah. I did back too. when you used to go to the yeah, theater. Yeah, I used to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. You, I remember you... them fly fishing. I remember there was a whorehouse. Um, do you remember the last 12 minutes when she turns last... into like Lady Macbeth and they do this weird look? and they... It's a weird thing at the end of it. Do you remember this moment? I don't. I have oh no idea God. what you're talking about. Right, I love... It's not a what river. movie? We're not talking about a river runs through. Oh. <laughs> We're talking about Mystic River. I was like, what a crazy I think I'm thinking of Green River. What's Wait, Mystic Julia river? Roberts, right? Mystic Pizza? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Oh, Wait, Every Which Way But Loose, terrible Clint Eastwood film. The Rookie no, with Charlie Sheen. It. He directed that. Who did? Pink Cadillacs? Not so good. Oh, Wait, no, that Cadillac wasn't him. That wasn't terrible. him. Never mind. He didn't direct that. He directed something with Charlie Sheen? You know what? Uh, Bridges of Madison County could use some help. Yeah. The uh, supporting cast in that film is really bad. The last 12 minutes. That supporting cast in Gran Torino were really bad. He's got a lot of uneven films. Not horribly bad ones. Perfect World's a great movie till the end. What's his, he what's can't his, finish. He can't finish. He's like he Superman. Finish. They're, they're too long. White Hunter, Blackheart, too long. These movies are too long. Why can't, but he, like, why can't he finish them? I don't know. It's Who not always the case. We're talking about Clint Eastwood. Just okay, got it. Stoney <laughs> and I got this. <laughs> but he's got the like the, the Letters from Iwo Jima, yeah. Flags oh, of Our Fathers. Yeah, those yeah. are great beginning yeah, to end. Yeah. So I don't know what the material's got to be where he can go from beginning to end and be great. But Does he write any of his own stuff? He wrote that bullshit of the... Republican convention. <laughs> that may have been. That had I'm a bad serious. I, I can't. I don't want to see any of his films anymore. <clears throat> because of that? Yeah, I thought it was such a dickhead move, and I'm like, you know what? I can spend my movie dollar wherever I want, and I'll spend it somewhere else. Did you see the pianist? Hmm. Did you see the pianist? I the, love that movie. Yeah, you know that guy raped a child in that, right? Who raped a child? The director of that film? Oh, allegedly. No, no, there's no allegedly anything. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to make film. this dark, Paul. I <laughs> apologize. Fine. Dark, but I, think just, I think that's really important. But yeah, if you're going to say I don't like someone's politics, that's about someone who raped a child. That movie was Go. about Jews. That's fine. That movie wasn't about Jews. <laughs> the <laughs> pianist was about Jews. No, that's a movie. No, the pianist took place on the island. There were no Jews in that film. <laughs> Wait a you're minute. You're thinking of the movie with, with the skinny. No, I'm not. No, I'm you're thinking, thinking about the, the pianist. You're, you're thinking, thinking about the wrong of the piano. Movie. You're thinking of the piano. The piano, not the pianist. It's true. The, and there were Jews in that film. Yes. Was, were they raping children in yes, that movie? Yes, yeah. Was Harvey Keitel going to tell the story of the Holocaust? I don't care about your past. If you're going to ridicule my, the president of the United States, then I'm gonna have I got a problem with you. Like every stand-up comedian any, alive. Any, do you mean any president, get, or do you mean specifically this president? Oh no. No, no. I'm just asking. Huh? That was not. A, why did everything I say? <laughs> I just want to know if you if you mean if you can never Stoney talk and about I are any an president. Size of the island are in our I, politics. I, I, I believe we're probably not. But uh, you mean any president is, is you can't touch or or just this president? I just didn't like it. I just didn't like his move. That's my deal. I I thought it was kind of a, uh, a I don't know. But you really t- won't see his movies ever again. I not that I won't see. I just don't. I I don't think I want to spend money on it right now. I really don't. What about what, if, what about somebody? Hold on. What about like Sean, I have no what about Sean Penn who goes like, off to who goes off to Iraq before we are, are at you know hot war, or goes to go, goes to Venezuela and and jumps up and down about Hugo Chavez. Is this somebody we want to see his films, or do we say this man's an artist and he has a right to do whatever he wants in his own time? Fuck what he does in his own time. He's a brilliant actor. I yeah. just I just didn't I didn't like. He that was one. in Mr. River. I'm I'm not as big thinking as that. Do what? I'm not as big grand thinking as what you're acting. I'm just saying I thought it was a dickhead move, and I'm kind of down on. What if he ended that speech by raping a child? (laughs) (laughs) Would that have made things better? In Jack Nicholson's home. Yes. With a man. What's her name? Uh, what's her name? Amanda Bynes. Uh, Amanda Pete. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) What are you? Amanda Hug a Kiss. We're talking about. You know the whole. You know the whole. Who was it? Dicking me. No. <laughs> Listen, uh, John Luke Houston, uh, Angelica Houston comes, knocks on the door while he's raping her. He says, I can't come out right now. I'm busy. Goes back and then rapes her in the ass. 
What are you talking about? I'm talking about. We're talking. Yes, we're talking about. Can, the you, rape. can you delineate types of rape? Yes. <laughs> like, like. Well, I, I think, it, I think it's, I think it becomes worse and worse. It's I like mass you, murder. I like read, murder. He, so he, he upped the rape. Yes, but <laughs> yes, raping in the end. So uncomfortable. No, I'm just sorry, but that's she's like worse. Thir- she's 13 years old. Yeah, it's bad from the beginning. Right. Yeah, and he right. made it worse. Saying, but I'm just saying, he put Angelica Houston off. So he could go back and she said he wants to do this. And he, she says, no, 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 no. And he does it anyway. And we gave him an Oscar and we yeah. invite him back and we watch his films every day. We had him for a short time and the French let him go. Yes. I'm confused. This happened at the convention? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, right. I don't I have think, TV. I think, you know? I think, uh, yeah. That <laughs> chair that, that uh, Carl, Clint Eastwood lectured actually was a rape chair that Carl, was later used Carl for Carl Rove might have been involved in it too. Or, <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is, is that the intellectual honesty to sit there and say, that that uh, that Clint Eastwood did some dick move at the at the U, uh, at the Republican convention. We're not going to see his films. And all these other people, right, left, or center, do incredibly terrible things. And that's the thing you pull out. Danny I think, Glover. I think that. And that that's was... the Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is Clint Eastwood's a dick, and I didn't know that there was one guy playing two people in the social network. That's all I got to fucking say about that. All right. And Karen is saying, why can't there be two Lone Rangers? Because she thinks he's hot. All right. Right. Well, I quick think he's question. attractive, man. Imagine the guy's getting money and he's hot. What? In Full House, are those two different actors playing the child? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're very good. Sometimes the daughter is very good, and sometimes she's very, very good. Also, I don't so know. So you why. used to have a TV. I did it one time. <laughs> I don't know why they had to Natalie Wood this movie either. <laughs> Explain how. I, 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 you cannot find uh, an American Indian to play Tanto. You just can't do it. I thought he meant bring that up. I thought he meant throw her overboard and let her drown. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, he meant. remember she played yeah, yeah. Maria, yeah, yeah, and course. she's a very white, pale woman um, yes. playing a Hispanic girl. Well, here's and the deal. It's ridiculous. Johnny Depp is just that charming, right? He's white and he's playing a Native American. And nobody cares. No two ways about it. It's probably racist that a Native American is being played by a white guy from Malibu, and we all know it. Nobody says shit. Not even Wes Studi. But that's because Depp is so damn charming. All right. Now he's played a pirate. No Somalis protested that the white guy was playing that role, and now he gets top billing even when he's playing sidekicks. So what is next for Johnny Depp? He segued. Sancho Panza, <laughs> Barney Fife, Rhoda Morgenstern, other big sidekicks. To answer some viewer mail and and uh, about the future of Depp's career, we're going to turn off our movie guy titles for the moment oh. and become plot doctors. Plot doctors. Now, let me just open the letters here and put them to the plot doctors, and we'll get some answers. All right. Our first letter comes from Gary Schmerler of Gargantua, oh. Idaho. Oh, I love oh, Gary. Yeah. Dear plot doctors, I've got the rights to Harriet Tubman's story, and I'm making a film. Who should play the lead? Okay, okay. Excellent hold on. Question. I, I got this. Uh, I got this. Uh, first of all, was it ever a book? We don't know. Well, well, <laughs> if it's, well, if it's not a book, Gary, you should write the book first and then make the movie. I mean, historical films are always, you know, more prestigious if they come based on a book. But, you know, you know the story. You got your character. Bam! Right. Now, Harriet Tubman, she started the Underground Railroad. Abolitionist? Mm. Humanitarian? So you were thinking uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Right. But we changed things up a bit. Uh-oh. See, Tubman's... A black woman. Undercover as a black woman. To infiltrate the Confederacy. And our Harriet Tubman wears blue warrior paint like in Braveheart. Braveheart? Yeah, people love Braveheart. You know, love. they hate us for our freedom. You know, that's that stuff. Yeah. So no one's going to know it's a black woman anyway. But if we're bringing in Depp, we're going to have him do what he does best. He, she, she yes, 
is just a wacky sidekick. To who? Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Played by? Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah, Billy Crystal. He's in the number one movie in the country. You know, Monsters Frat. You know, hosted the Oscars. Johnny Depp, you know, has been nominated for the Oscars. The whole damn thing is dripping gold. Bam! All right, they blow up a bunch of bridges, Ooh. make a whole bunch of trains explode. Ooh. They have the whole movie. The whole damn thing has to go underground. Bam! That's There's it. your movie. There's right your there movie. It is. There's Boom. Movie. Okay. okay. Right, enough of your stupid thing. Okay, <laughs> next letter. <clears throat> Let's see. Farvin Burntree of Blue Tark, Kansas, writes... Plot doctors. I'm pretty sure Fidel Castro is dead. So I'm moving forward with my biopic, or biopic, about the land he ruled in Cuba, the Castro District. Who should be my lead actor? Johnny Depp. Okay, what? He had a beard in The Tourist. He could have one as the leader of Cuba. That, yeah, that's yeah, no, no. And this Castro guy, he's a foreigner, right? And, and Depp's been able to do a British dialect in many of his films, whether whether the script called for it or not. British, the sound foreign people make. Mm-hmm. Bam! Bam! What, what? Bam! Johnny Depp leads the Cuban Revolution. Right. Yeah, but he does it all as Hunter S. Thompson, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. right. The whole thing is one big journalism piece. Gonzo journalism. Yeah, he's on a deadline, but he doesn't have a story. So he concocts that these Cubans need to get out from underneath the thumb of Jose Batista. Uh, p- uh, played by John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah, yeah, he's in... Uh, the number one movie in the country, right? right. Monster Fret. Yeah, of That's course. right. But okay, who directs? Kids don't like directors. But they love Johnny Depp. Ooh, okay, so we yeah. don't have a director? No. We get a director that's somebody they already love. Yeah, a Jonas, a Bieber, a Duran Duran. He directs the whole thing. We shoot it in black and white for artistic sake. Ooh. And Hunter S. Thompson delivers his article to Perry White on time! Who's played by Cloris Leachman. Everybody's okay. happy. Boom! There's Hello. your movie. Bam! You guys are ridiculous. Boom. Final letter here. Boom! Bam. Final letter. Bam! Is from Sega Sam Straw Cab. Of Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Oh. And uh, Sega Sam writes, we're moving forward on the Gandhi remake. Oh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. 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 Yeah, Johnny Depp. Depp. Okay, Depp. Depp. Right, I'm on my gay for list, Johnny Depp. All right, enough of you plot doctors. Yes. All right, stop. There's, all right, that's your <laughs> stupid theme. Heartbeat. Enough of that. We'll be back in just a few that minutes is, to uh, preview mind. more summer movies on the movie Shack. showcast. Uh, funny, please hang tight. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Enough of the plot doctors. All right, enough of that music. Uh, good Lord, we are back into the summer movies. We've only covered The Lone Ranger. Mm. Hard to believe. That's all we've covered so far. But it's a big weekend for uh, for summer movies, I and vying for box office domination alongside The Lone Ranger will be Despicable Me 2. No, it's not the Joe Francis story. The great Jonathan Browning and I will tell you what it's all about right now. The marketing team from Despicable Me returns to the big screen to remind you of all the jokes you loved from the first one in Despicable Me 2, based on the trailer of the same name. Well, as we all know, or at least some of us are resourceful enough to look up in Wikipedia, disguise our ignorance by prefacing the information with the phrase, as we all know, the original Despicable Me tells the story of a rivalry between two great supervillains and how the supervillain grew... Grew? 
Grew. Thank you. Voiced by Steve Carell, learned that there was more to life than giant nefarious plots when situations put him in charge of raising three beautiful young girls. Is the other option Gruh? Like his name might have been (laughs) Gruh? I've only seen it written. I've never actually heard it out loud. Uh, In the newest adventure of skinny Uncle Fester looking Gru and his adorable daughters, Gru is contacted by the Anti-Villain League to take down the greatest villain of all. It's about time someone shot Lloyd Blankfein from Goldman Sachs with a freeze ray and shot him into space. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. The Anti-Villain League is run by a big fat guy who's played by, I believe, George Lucas's chin. <laughs> Steve Carell joins an all-star <laughs> cast that's willing to work for obscene amounts of money to not even comb their hair. Is Kristen Wiig in it? It's a comedy, isn't it? Blam! Also in the cast of actors who didn't uh, have to shower is Benjamin Bratt, who plays Eduardo, a restaurant owner investigated by Gru, and who may actually be a famous supervillain in disguise. The role was originally to be played by Al Pacino, who left over creative differences, those have to be the most hilarious creative differences imaginable. I mean, what part of playing a cartoon Mexican restaurant owner who is secretly a supervillain who supposedly died in an active volcano did Pacino want to take in a different direction? That's why terrorists hate us, Stoney. Yes, sir. It's Stoney and Joe, knock that around for a bit. Yeah, uh, so... All the oh. characters I'm told I love from the original are back, including the minions, the little brainless jaundiced pills who lack the capacity for rational thought. The production was lucky to get them back from the raw footage transcription team at Honey Boo Boo. Oh, how to explain a minion. Uh, they look like these little hardworking scrubbing bubbles if yes. they shave their mustaches and join Devo. They come in two shapes, cock and ball. The minions are to Gru what Turtle, Johnny, and Drama are to Vincent Chase. What do you need? Pussy? Drugs? A Pacific Rim? Marshmallow fluff? (laughs) Will audiences love this movie as much as the marketing team knows they will? We'll see. Or every single person I know with kids will. Because it's either this or Superman kills 100,000 people, terrorists try to kill President Django, or menopause cops. I'm predicting $800 billion. There you go. It's uh, Despicable Me too. Yay! Joe, you're not clapping. The marketing team behind Illumination Entertainment demands you clap. Yay! Sequels! I don't remember the first one much. What? I, I loved it. I don't think I saw it. You have kids, don't you? I do have and kids. You watched the shit out of it, didn't you? I watched the shit Stop out it. of that. You know what? Not only did it's my like phone shuffle. just go off again. Yeah. Because I don't know. I, I, I pressed the thing and then... Is that a five? Listen, hey, if you're out there and you know how to work an iPhone so it doesn't automatically jump to the next queue, we will pay call for us. Airfare. Yeah. <laughs> call Wherever us right now. Call Get into your time around machine. The country to come we're here close, to, this we're close to Burbank Airport. Airport. Yeah. We'll fly you in. We'll pick you up. Yeah. Bring right. you over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stick in the garage. We'll yeah. give oh. you a meal yeah. from the fast food restaurant of your choice. Fast food mm-hmm. restaurant. All right. It's excluding Long John Silver's. <laughs> yes. You know, Long John Silver's, they have the most caloric meal of any fast food restaurant now. Yeah, the Big Fish or something. Yes. What? And I love Long John Silver's, like although I haven't times. had it since I think uh, I was like 12. I think I like the Hush Puppies from Long John Silver's. 50% of the fish is batter. Right. So they, they weighed the But that's not a bad thing, though. Wait, wait, wait. You mean 50% of the fish that you're served? <clears throat> well, there's a, there's a big fish. They have this new thing called I like the to get all the crispies fish. that come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they, they took it, and then they weighed it. Did you and read then, this somewhere? Yeah, I heard, on, I heard on talk radio. Oh. Yes. I listened to a lot of radio. It, like, it just came out. There was an article in Huffington Post about My viola. It. I had my viola on. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> me, and my, me and my kids and my family will sit around the radio talking about... You mean viola or Victrola? I don't know. <laughs> in your cinescope? Oh, there well, we go. It's despicable me too. Yeah, I guess right, so. First of all, I, I I thought that the, for, 
Oh, Joey and me. Sure. I have something to say about Despicable <laughs> Please. Me. Shocking. I thought the first one was fantastic. I thought it was really creative. I love the 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 super villains and that he is a super villain and all his plans are like, I'm going to steal the moon and that is fun. I'm going to take the Statue of Liberty and he, he fails and gets the one from it Vegas. It starts with a guy who takes uh, the, the pyramids of Giza, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Those are old school super villains. I like that, but uh, I just saw it in The Incredibles. You know? I went to Jay Leno for a second. Forgive me. Yes, but this is. But this we just. I mean, that whole movie felt like I'd seen it before. I didn't see. I didn't see it. Except it was. Well, here's the mm-hmm. thing, and I've done. I've done animation it, rants I, on here before, but I love doing it because it gives me an excuse to talk about Pixar. I think Pixar are the, some of the best filmmakers currently working in Hollywood. Amen. Absolutely. They yes. have. And and if it weren't if you animation, you would too. think even their shot choice and composition would be amazing too. But it, it's just animation, so you kind of forget that that's thought of, and it's really specific and brilliant. Um, and to the point where their best films are timeless. They're timeless. And that is a hard bar to try and match if you're every other company. And now as we're seeing after like three sort of lesser Pixar works in a row, even if you're Pixar itself, it's a hard bar to meet. Now, granted, right. in the middle of those three supposedly lesser efforts, which, which, Cars which, which, 2, which, Brave, and Monsters University, which yeah, yeah. Brave won- still won the Oscar. I liked, uh, you know Brave was okay. Brave. Cars 2 was, was their worst movie Agreed. by far. Agreed. Brave took Brave was a, good. A very similar, a very familiar plot: the Disney princess under the thumb of her parents, but done a million times. Till halfway through, when they put the twist on it, and the spell takes effect, then it becomes this really original, exciting yeah, thing. But unfortunately, like you get there for about half a movie. But it's com- combined, of course, with their brilliant animation, and so you know they won the Oscar for that. So wait, so you but think now ahead. for a movie for a, a company like Illumination Entertainment, they're going to put out a movie too? You know, yeah, we got an idea, and and so. It's just what are the movies so, that they put out, Paul? Other than this is it, Disney's yeah, and then two. the second one, yeah, or they might have halfway through. I think they did the Lorax between oh the, my this God. one. And the second I did not like Lorax. Yeah. Just come on, because the guy you founded that company used to work for Fox Animation. Either. I read that book. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, I actually I didn't see the Lorax because I wouldn't see it, but I was told, and Paul, you saw it, yes. I did not see. All that. right, well, I, heard, I was told by people who did that there was only one line in the Lorax that was from the book, yeah. and they made fun of it. That's terrible. So the little boy reads something like, you know, the far end of town where the Greco grass grows and no birds fly except old crows. Not that I know this story. Right. Uh, but he reads a little piece of it and the little girl walks up behind him and goes, what's that? That's stupid. Boom. And out. And everything else is just bullshit that had nothing to do with Dr. Seuss or the Laura. And they're trying to... <clears throat> Pardon me. He's all choked. Up. I know he's getting very sad about it. It's okay. He's not Joe. crushing Joe. his heart, his Joe, dreams. It's okay. Since when he was yeah. a kid, he loved Doctor Seuss. I'm the Lorax. I can speak for the trees, and I give you permission to speak. Uh, they tried to tie in all the uh, the environmental stuff, and it was just really forced upon the movie, and it just sucked. I, I it was one of the worst animated movies I've seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, but they do that to all the Doctor Seuss stuff. Yeah, I mean, think about the, the Cat Horton Hand, the Horton Hoog. Think about the, what's that other one? Uh, oh, the Grinch that stole Christmas. I mean, it's a wonderful little story that's this big, and then they try to blow it into some thing to try to cash in on it. Make some, it's just, it ruins it. World War Z was based on green eggs and ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do not I like not, to I, kill zombies by a box. I, I do not like to kill zombies next to a box. Yeah. I don't like to kill zombies on a train or in the rain. Or with a boat or, or a goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, you. Uh, I was going to say, I, uh, this sounds better than it actually was. I worked with Steve Carell for one day. Oh, yeah? So we were talking about him and Despicable Me. Uh, I had one line in the office. He could not have been more generous and wonderful. And Paul Feig directed it. Oh, yeah. Could not have been more wonderful and giving to all of us. So 
That's what I say. I'm going to say something he, nice uh, about. Uh, yeah, I think had, he's quite. Had, I think uh, he's quite talented. So wait, who? who no, wait, was, wait, 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 wait. Let me just say this. I think he's. I love Dan. Uh, Dan still waking life with Dan. Or what the hell that was? Still life with Dan. It's not and that. I, and I loved. And I loved. Uh, <laughs> Dan still waking in life. No, and I love Crazy Stupid Love. I think oh, Steve Carell. I think Steve Carell yeah. has a heart to oh, yeah. him that comes through. I mean, not stupid shit like the Dinner for Schmucks, which is just terrible, or any of those kind of things. But he has a heart that comes through <coughs> as a comedian that I don't think a lot of people do today. Yeah, it's beautiful. He's a fantastic actor. I believe that's true. We had Mitch Rouse on here a couple of weeks ago from Second City who worked with him uh, and said the same thing. There's like a circle of people from that era of Second City. They're all awesome, yeah. supposedly. That's Carell, Colbert. And uh, Michelle, yeah, I mean, they're all Joe. I cut you off, I didn't mean to. I'm fine. Uh, I um, you compose yourself now, so you've not seen Despicable Me, and you have not either. No, neither nobody here. The have you? I did, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's what launched that whole thing about like it's it's got to be hard for them to try and be a Pixar movie. They've made a fine movie, it was kind of a slapsticky comedy, but you know, they say chillax and stuff, and you you, probably 10 years from now, you're not gonna remember Despicable Me, but you could be wrong, but then it turns around and makes 250 million dollars. So, what do I know? But I disagree on that, like. You want to see a movie that is absolutely untimeless, where they everything's a star reference, like uh, what's it called Fish Tale, Shark Tale, Shark Tale. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Shark Tale, yeah. where the the fish are the different celebrities of the day, Will Smith, and they're like, Martin Yo, Scorsese. yeah, and they like refer to like the singers, like come on and sing a song, and they actually call them by name, like like Missy Destiny's Christina, Child or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that is like something that is a piece of crap yeah. that no one's going to remember. Joe, do you have girls next year? You have mm-hmm. girls that you I do. do. Yeah. Yes, so that was for those girls, right? Those movies. What? Those movies were designed for those little girls. N- I don't think so. I don't know who it was designed for. It's just a mess of a movie, in my opinion. But will those girls hold those movies close to their heart when they're thirty? No. Like, right. like we can look back at like Escape to Witch Mountain, Fox and the Hound. But oh, I, I, Fox and the Hound. <laughs> the last twelve minutes of that are terrible. Well, my point is, I don't. We'll put... always be friends forever. I just. Yeah, Strike Copper. Yeah, Todd. Todd Copper. Hey, Copper. I mean, Finding Nemo is a timeless. That's a fantastic. Well, they, they took and a I think Despicable Me. Yeah. I, I, I think that it's. I, I don't think it falls in that, that category you put in. I think that it's something it's that is a pretty good movie that will that will, will be watchable years from now. And and there's other ones that aren't, but I think this is one of the better animated movies to come out of Hollywood in a long time. And I haven't seen the second one. I can't wait. Nice. Wow, maybe that's a the, ringing uh, endorsement. There yeah, I'm serious. I really like that movie. About. Haven't seen it, but I can't wait. Joe Cap. Mm-hmm. That'll make that'll yeah. be on the post. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it, but I can't. Wait. I'm very lonely and sad. Listen, I just figured I'd you know put everything on the table. Reaching for human contact. All right, let's get on to our next film. Uh, this involves you, Joe. We're oh, more oh. talk about Steve Carell because in all the hubbubbery of summer movies, there are indie films scattered in the mix. One worth talking about is The Way Way Back. Joe, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Feel the warmth. Yes. That's your heart. <laughs> That's right. Steve Carell continues with The Way Way Back, a story of a 14-year-old's coming of age. One of those, he'll never forget these stories, except at 14, he probably doesn't get laid. I, for one, don't remember any summers where I don't get laid. This film fits the <laughs> standard coming-of-age indie film template. <laughs> Caucasian teen male with asshole parent has come into his own over the summer. He meets an asshole father figure who's a kinder, gentler asshole, but still pretty much a sexist jerk. Then Caucasian teen male has to lie about his whereabouts so he can work at a job, but he might get busy with a hot teenage blonde Caucasian female love interest. Let's uh, play a clip. Here we go. 
We set the Wayback Controls for the territory of Arizona, and just like that, we were standing in the parade grounds of Fort Heathen. Right, okay. That's the uh, that's the Wayback Machine. Yeah. That is no. This is from the way way back. This right. is different. Yeah. We set the Wayback Controls. No, that's not. Oh, yeah. Duncan. Damn you, on Karen. a scale of one to ten, what do you think you are? A six. I think you're a three. Since I've been dating your mom, I don't see you putting yourself out there, bud. You can try to get that score up at my beach house this summer. Who's this in all his awkward glory? This is my son, Duncan. I was going to name my youngest Duncan, but we went with Peter. Finally, fixed his lazy eye. Now it's even worse. Boop, boop. Mom. Just stare at the bridge of his nose. That's what I do. They're harsh back then. Onward. Uh, the job our young man takes up for the summer is at Walter Wiz Water Park, where the manager is played by Sam Rockwell, playing Bill Murray, and they have a meatballs of a summer together. The kid is really nerdy and awkward, and since it's a modern tale, I have to imagine people spend the whole film trying to diagnose his autism and medicate the poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve Carell, of all people, plays the asshole father figure. I mean, talk about range. Wow. One. You managed to turn Steve Carell into an asshole. No easy feat. Shut up, Brent. It's from Knocked Up. Anyway, uh, Steve Carell is competing with himself this week as the evil dad in two movies. The only way he could have had a trifecta is if he headlined a remake of The Shining. <laughs> From the makers of Juno. So expect a lot of quirky for the sake of Just Cause. And it was the winner of Sundance, so it arrives at theaters as most Sundance winners do, with a lot of indie cred, a $5 million budget, huge names, and major studio backing. <laughs> the way, way back. It's the feel-awkward film of the summer. Announce uh, the way way back is uh, opening in the way indies often do. It's a slow rollout, so look for it if you're in a big city. If you're not, uh, you know, keep your eyes open, see if it comes to the small town near you. That's how I get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. Slow rollout. <laughs> and like an indie in film. High school. We like should on uh, Sundance in that. Than that, than that fuck Sundance. Yeah, fuck Sundance. Really? Fuck them. No fuck kidding. them, fuck them, fuck I was going to ask yes. you about that. Yeah, fuck those guys. Woo! Why? bullshit with those guys. They're not in a film festival. Like, look at the films they have play there. It's just bullshit. There's so many film festivals now, including Sunday. I'm angry about go, this. Go, baby, go. That, like, okay, so uh, Transformers gets picked up into a film festival. So Michael Bay is like, oh, my God, I got my acceptance letter from this film festival. It's bullshit. And Sundance is bullshit. They're not looking for new films. They're not exploring the art of filmmaking. They're taking big-budget filmmakers and stars. Steve Carell is in it. I mean, look at this cast. It's not like someone made this film. And fuck that guy who went on, uh, the guy from Scrubs who went on, what's it called? Yeah, uh, fuck that guy. Zach Braff. Yeah, we Zach talked Braff. a lot about him. I've heard yeah. every single argument. All right, so fuck that guy. All fuck right. he, Sundance is a Zach Braff of yeah. film festivals. You don't think that, that he brings people to Kickstarter who no, may have never bullshit. been there before? I don't care. It's bullshit. Get some registered. It is, it is not what it's meant and for. Then, it's ridiculous. I don't know why people gave him money. It's absolutely asinine. Well, you could argue the same thing about Sundance, and I'll bring it back to film festivals. So by having a Steve Carell film and a Michael Bay film, or having all these movie stars and what they call are independent films, $5 million, that's not independent film. An independent film is you, me, Stoney, Joe, Tom, in the back of our yard shooting, creating stuff with nothing. People working for free. That's what, and having the opportunity to bring that to the public, that's what it is. It's so Nirvana. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what happened then, do you think, to to that guy, Robert Redford? I mean, he started out with a good, good idea. I think he started out with his heart in the right place. Money just took over. That guy got blinded by money? Yeah, but look at, you take films No, I agree. I think it fucking sucks. I'm just asking yeah. you what happened to him. I think it has, but you, you lose sight of it. I mean, at some point. 
you you have people who want to make your films and you can get five million by snapping your fingers and you can get you know you can open across the nation and so at some point you lose touch with what it meant to actually struggle to make films but do you know Sundance was started for money he it is uh, the the most of that money goes to um the foundation he has a huge amount of land out there like a massive amount of land that he uses the money from Sundance to maintain what it needs to use right, wait, to maintain. Wait, wait. Are you suggesting that the money that was raised through Sundance, Robert Redford uses to maintain his Yes, I'm serious. It's some to... sort of foundation that he uses to to maintain to this his, huge his own, track of to land. His own no, it's not for his own. Land. It's like it's like a preserve. It's like it, that kind of stuff. Joe told me he gives kids cancer mm-hmm. so they eat more spaghetti sauce. Yep. No, no, it's the... Just, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's Paul, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Oh, I mean, they were together in a couple of films. Right, actually one. Uh, no, a couple. No, they a did. Couple. They did the, all the King's Men, and they did uh, they, all the King's Men. Not all the King's Men. That was the Sting, and they did Butch Cassidy. No, no. What was the what was the president? All the presidents' men. That was not Paul Newman. Fuck you, Joe. It was <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> I, I think, but with film festivals, I think that they they start out looking for great films or, or, or uncovering films that you're not going to see anywhere else, and then sponsors come in. Well, sponsors want movie stars walking around, so the press. Look at the L.A. Film Festival. We we had three films in the L.A. Film Festival. No, that's what the L.A. Shorts Film. Fuck festival. that festival. L.A. Shorts Festival. But the we L.A. Film Festival. I mean, go there and see movie stars premiering their films, and maybe one or two people will eke in their film somehow. But they got stars in there. They've got something for them, or the subject matter is something controversial. I just get. I just don't believe film festivals are a place to discover independent films. At least not the major film festivals. I think the smaller film festivals. Uh, you'll talk to Tom later, but that that used to be an avenue for people to discover work of people who had been. But discovered. that's why Slamdance started, right? But Slamdance is now becoming but, totally. Which has then become Sundance. a parody of itself, right? Or South by Southwest is also. Yeah, same thing with South by Southwest. I mean, look at the lineup of a film festival. I get it. You want people to come see Robert Redford's film, or you want people to come see Zach Braff's new film. I mean, he made one film. He doesn't have a right to have artistic decisions based on one film. Which he film, wants to have artistic would, decisions. Uh, Garden State. Yeah, he made Garden State. Really so good he's movie. making it right, but he's making another film. How about you earn this the right to have artistic direction? Well, I thought I mean, when someone who was making three hundred fifty thousand dollars an episode wants me to give him money it just infuriates i don't know why anyone did it i just don't get that it doesn't make sense the other uh, argument i heard seth rogan make when he was on the howard stern show is he said that is a vote giving your money to zach braff for garden state 2 or whatever he ends up calling it is an emotional vote and he said he thought it was uh, not fair to get people's emotions involved and like you want to see this you love this you love our movie and then they they, yeah i do want to see it i would love to see that movie instead of making a wise financial decision and asking in a in a way you would ask backers and sponsors to support your film right and i believe i agree with that too yeah it didn't blow me away it didn't Garden State. Oh, I really liked it i really liked it but it was a beautiful thing because it was undiscovered we we didn't have any expectations of it and i don't have a problem i i don't have a problem with uh People giving money to participate in whatever they want to. It's my fucking money, and if I want to give it to make Garden State two or whatever we want to call it, whether the guy has enough money on his own, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that right, that. But plays he's into using it. a tool that independent filmmakers and people struggling who don't have any other way to crowdsource. I don't have a million Twitter followers. Zach Braff can tweet, "Hey guys, I need fifteen million dollars." I can't do that. So this is a he goes to a website. And then uses and exploits what it was created for, which is 
I don't know anybody else. I'm crowdsourcing. This is a, a platform for but me. Do you, to, but you think that I guess maybe that money is you feel like that money is uh, is finite, and so I only got ten bucks. I can give it to you, or I can give it to Zach Brown. No, I don't feel yeah, that way. I do a little bit. So, so that so that's part of the. I mean, that's part of why you're indignant about it as well. I just you feel like I, it's a finite and, and uh, I think amount it's of resource. I think it's an abuse of the system. I really do. I think I think that. Here's this great, wonderful thing to help people get off the ground, and here's a dude who is way off the ground and so, doesn't need that. So let me ask and, you and this: I, I think that I think it's an abuse. Where do you? Who's the? Who's the guy? Where? What's the monitor? Again, I don't. I don't have a dog in the hunt. Are we talking I'm about the like, pianist again? Oh God, I hope not. Uh, but if we're talking, I mean, I ha- again, I don't have a dog in the hunt. I'm just curious. Where? What's the cutoff line to go? This guy has this amount of money, therefore he can't use the system, or this guy has this amount of t- tweeter followers, I don't know what you call those. I don't know. I don't tweeter followers. What do you Grandpa? call them? I, I can't give you like a number or a definite, no, but, but you I, feel I like think this is an abuse. offense. You feel like it's an abuse. I'm and asking I don't what have level is it I've never used this. this what level this, is it not I'll say, I'll say, I'll, I'll say for myself. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's not about the money. I mean, if, if a millionaire goes on there and says, I have a million dollars, but I don't want to lose my own money, I understand that. But it was offensive to me that he pretended to be an independent filmmaker. If he had gone on there and said, listen, I got tons of money, I got fame. I have millions of fans, but I just want to use this as an avenue to reach out to my fans, and I want them to collect my money for me and take their percentage. That's what was offensive to me, that he could have just opened a website. He could have gone on television. He could have bought an ad on the Super Bowl with his money. But there was something about that he pretended to be, I'm doing this so I can have control of my own film. I'm an indie filmmaker, and that's the bullshit that bothered me the most. I understand it. You know, I want to bring Tom in on this conversation, so we're going to take a break. Uh, and be back in 10 seconds or so to talk to Tom Van Avermaet about the pianist. If I pronounce that right. You see, uh, I call him Tommy Van. Tommy Van. Tommy right. Van will be here, writer and director Tommy v. Of, of the Oscar-nominated Death of a Shadow in just a moment. We're running with the shadows of the night. Shadows. So baby, yes, take you. my hand, it'll be all right. with your little music bumper, bumper music. And we are back with Tom Van Avermaet. That's me. <laughs> Recently Oscar nominated for the second short film he made. Yay! Is that right? Yay! I mean, that's just crazy. Yay! It's called Death of a Shadow. It is about a soldier who captures the shadows of dying men and women. That, and he's that, doing that, this. Don't tell people what it's about. Well, Come that's on. Tell a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's okay. what, that's what like, the first thing that happens. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, the deal is no description uh, on paper is going to do it justice. It is a visual splendor to, you know, use words you might clip out of a blurb (laughs) from a critic. Mm -hmm. But it looks great. And that's, you know, so you you just, you got to see it. And I'll tell you where you can when we're done talking to Tom. So uh, Tom Van Avermaet, everybody joining us. A big round of applause. (laughs) What's your take on all the stuff you just listened to us going on about independent filmmaking? It's all bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) What do you make of the state of indie film today? And is it different in, uh, you're from Belgium, is that right? It's very different. Um, I mean, in our uh, region of the world, everything is, or most of it, uh, the filmmaking is state funded. So it's a very different kind of system because you don't have a studio system. You don't, not, not really at least. You, everything is tax money. And, and people apply for grants, people apply um, to get funding from the state, from special institutions from the state who uh, are in charge of film culture. So that's how most of the film gets made. You have some larger commercial products that might get uh, money through other ways, but most of us, we have to uh, apply through different countries. Even with my film, um, I had to apply for 
to different countries because I needed more money than I could get in, in, in my region uh, where I uh, live. Um, and I had to make a co-production ha happen with France, uh, with another country in Europe. That's how it usually goes now. It's usually co-productions with different countries where you have to spend a certain amount in this country, a certain amount in this, that country. The features are like that too? Features are... Uh, yeah. Mostly Probably talking about, so. the, about yeah. the features because... Uh, you need more money. <laughs> right. You need more money. Yeah. So uh, wait, you got like the France Film Commission, like their film office, like or it's a grant? Well, it's actually... I got support from a region uh, in, mm -hmm. in France. Uh, so they actually... Well, if you want to make short films, go to France. They have the most money. <laughs> they have... Every region in France has their own funding uh, for short films. And they actually then can decide we can give money to this project or not this project. Um, and we had to, uh, you always have obligations, of course. And we had to shoot everything um, in that region. I'm um, going to get political uh, again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but how is, that, how is that currently in our country? Because I've never uh, gone for grants that might be from the NEA, what is it, the NEA, right? Or something like that. Uh, do, do we do we support that as much with our, or are all our taxes going to roads and then, uh, you know, special do, interest groups? We do pay a lot more taxes. <laughs> now, uh, there you go, yeah. I'll just say this. I was just recently in Atlanta, and uh, they're shooting all kinds of stuff. So in the South, you have a right-to-work states. So you're in Is Louisiana one of those? Because they Louisiana, make a shit absolutely. ton of movies yep. there. In New Orleans, Florida, all the southern states are right-to-work states. Uh, from So you go from the Mason-Dixon line down. Uh, and a lot of stuff is shot there. So I guess regionally, if we were to translate this over, that would be state by state. We in California fuck ourselves by the amount of taxes that we do. It's impossible to make something here. It's impossible to stay here. It used to run off to, 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 to you know to Canada. Now it runs off. Thank God, at least it runs off to you know South Carolina or somewhere. So. So I think we fuck ourselves tax-wise in terms of what we do to our productions. We certainly don't aren't giving grants to people to make money. What we do is we give tax credits and tax breaks to bring it to our state or our place, I think is the way it would translate over to what we do here. That happens in Europe, too. Like in Belgium, we have a tax rebate system, and other countries are competing with other countries. So it's, it's I guess, but if you want to take Europe to a bigger platform, it's kind of like the US, but uh, not as uh, cohesive, of course, because we have different cultures and different languages. But in terms of size and in terms of structure, you can kind of compare it to that as well. And we also have rebate systems and in place. But the budgets are, we don't have a studio system that gives hundreds of millions and things like that. We don't have that. We don't have an, a real industry, except maybe in bigger countries like France and England, but that's just American, the American industry making films in England. How um, does your film get through all the, the, everything it needs to go through, other films, red tape, whatever, to get seen by the Academy then and get the nomination? Uh, well, um, for short films, it's actually um, a process where you have to win uh, a certain prize at a certain Oscar qualifying festival. Um, I won um, <laughs> an award. Yes, did you now? <laughs> at a festival. Which festival Where was I that? met some strange people. Um, who are on your left right now. Yeah. We're now on my left. Uh, <laughs> 
No, um, at uh, LA Short Fist, I uh, won uh, Best of the Fest, uh, where I met these two wonderful people. Uh, guys and um uh, tom had one film there and that uh, we had we had three we had three that's yeah. right we had three films there <laughs> how many uh, how many awards did you win <laughs> we, uh, we didn't win any several, several awards complicated <laughs> very we got the, some grants yeah tom take a break for a second yeah, yeah. jb yeah. and stoney what were the oscars like <laughs> they were really i like the commercials a lot <laughs> did you meet gwyneth paltrow <laughs> uh, i will say this uh, we we did have a film that uh I, st- I got to s- a chance to see quite a bit of the films. I-, I had some time to go see, and I was there every day, and I saw, I don't know, a bazillion of these films. And when Tom's Tom's uh, film screened in the uh, the reel, was it real, I guess, with the reel of one of our films, and John and I saw it, both of us saw it, we were blown, blown away. You saw it. That's what I saw. It, yeah, yeah, you were there as well, because uh, the film that we were screening at that point, you were the DP for. That's true. Uh, and we were all blown away by that film. And knew knew in our heart of hearts that that was at least it was going to get nominated. I'd never seen anything like it, and to this day, I've yet to see a short film that is as. That's why I didn't want you to tell anything. It's amazing, and if the you walk in, you walk into this film. It's anyway. I don't want to say because <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's, it's it seems a bit suck upish, and it's not. I just can't say enough good things about this film. Thank I've you. seen a lot of good short films. Well, when you see this one, let us know what you think, because it's pretty astounding. I'm just saying. Oh, get back to us in October when you get yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, when you get to it next year after <laughs> Iron Man 4. Wait, this, this makes me want to jump to the part I was going to outdo for the outro. By the way, you get the just, film on iTunes. Let me just say right now, you can get the film on iTunes, and Joe and the other people out there should be doing that, uh, because two bucks and you can see the film. So there That's you it. go. That's Down it. Nine nine. You can go to iTunes and listen to the movie, guys. Hear mm-hmm. the interview, and then go see the film, mm-hmm. make a night of it. How much for the movie, guys? Well, we don't charge anything. Five hundred dollars. Well, I, I really can't. Uh, I really can't say enough. So I'm not going to say anything else. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and so after winning there, do you just then, I mean, you, then you get you on the long list, or you just they just you, put you on a list? No, you have to still submit, but you have the possibility to submit. Otherwise, you can't submit unless you put your film in uh, to the theaters in LA. I've heard about that. for three days. That's what I heard. So either you have to have a lot of money <laughs> or you uh, have to win at an Oscar qualifying festival, like most uh, people do. And to be honest, most people who do get then on the first on the short list, which is 10, now this year it was 11 movies because there was a tie uh, at the final place because people vote and give a uh, score and they take the best averages and those go on to the next round. Um, but um, usually the films that get to that stage aren't the ones that people are paying money for. Mm-hmm. Uh, some do, but it's it's it when you depends. when you went, um, you were favored to win, weren't you? I don't know if I, th- I, was... I thought EW said you were gonna that you were, gave you the the. <laughs> there were people who said that. that I was gonna win. There was people who said that one film was gonna win. And what people... film did win? Uh, Curfew. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. American yeah. film. Which was uh, a long shot. I, I thought think. the Bronski, not the Bronski, what was the name of that movie? Muskaji Boys. I thought that was going to take it just because of the, the subject matter. What was the subject matter? Uh, uh, it was set, go ahead, Tom. Tom. It was a set in a slum in India? Those no, but, always uh, win. No, no, but it was no, set in a slum in uh, Afghanistan. In Afghanistan <laughs> so. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, was very, it was very good. Let me ask you a question, Tom. How many of these Oscar-nominating film festivals did you win? Um, I only won the one. Um, and uh, because actually I won at almost the beginning because usually when you do a short film you have uh, kind of the period where you do festivals and that's mostly it's two years um, but that was actually the first um, festival international festival that I did with my film 
Wow. I had no um, idea LA Shorts Fest was qualifying. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. It's been around eight, nine years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because actually, uh, Buscaggi Boys, <laughs> one of the other nominees, uh, was also a winner there. And uh, Curfew was also uh, one of the, the people in the festival. So the one that won. So the other fests where you competed, who didn't, I give you the top prize. See, you get Oscar nominated and go, ah, what were we thinking? No, but I was actually the, one of the last uh, people to be a, a win an qu Oscar qualifier that year. Um, and so afterwards, I think also people, I mean, I'm going to say that I was going to win other film festivals. That, I don't know. I, I won on other, other awards. But um, the thing is sometimes, which I think is good, is that they give the, the chance to another film to be an Oscar qualifier this year. Because um, otherwise, I can win this festival uh, and get another Oscar qualifier, but I can't <laughs> try for the second time um, because I always uh, already was nominated. So, um, do you get the full treatment at the Oscars that everybody does? George Clooney goes to the Oscars, Tom goes to the Oscars, and George and Tom get the same treatment. I don't think it's exactly the same treatment, yeah. but you do get treated very well. Did you go to the oh, gifting? Did you go to a gifting suite? I didn't get the gifts back. Oh. I didn't get that. Oh. What? I didn't get that. Um, but apparently they say they stopped, but I think it's only, it's only actors uh, and the big names. You know what it is? They're anti-Belgium. Anti-Belgium, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so how long you... Anti-Belgium. What was the first time you came to the States? Uh, the first time I came to the States, it was at LA Shortfest. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. So you grew up in the Belgium world and way of watching films the yes. underbelly of belgium we like to yeah. say yeah. the, the, yeah. the, under, the dirty underbelly the of belgium chocolate side mm. yeah. <laughs> so what the being guys uh, what, statue of being guys and, and yeah what's what films inspired you then what did you watch when you were in belgium growing up um what well, gets I, to you like you probably do you watch you can't watch porkies can you watch porkies is there Belgian porkies? It's, it's not a communist country where we only watch. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not saying they're, films, not saying they're keeping the porkies Soviets. from you. Uh, so blocked. <laughs> Actually, yeah. the most films that, that you watch are, are American films um, in in theaters. Um, the, now it's a bit changing because there's a lot of goodwill for uh, for Flemish films and Belgian films. I'm curious because um, I saw your film, mm. and this would make people hopefully then be more interested to go see it if you would, would tell me. Who inspired you as a director? I guess it's more the surrealists, uh, people like Kubrick, uh, people like Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro, Terry Gilliam, uh, those kind of guys. Those guys are surreal. Yeah. So did you go to the LACMA Kubrick thing here? Well, actually, it came to Belgium first. Oh, did it? It came nice. to Belgium first. I don't because know where it's going next. If but you go uh, to the LACMA and you uh, look at the, the scale model, of the war room of Dr. Strangelove, you can still say, keep your hands off in Dutch, in Belgian, in one of the Belgian languages. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a, I don't know where it's going next, but it, there's a big Kubrick exhibit. If you want to know everything about, probably the best surreal filmmaker. Yes. Uh, one, one of the, the best well, filmmakers. Best, one of the best directors ever. Yeah, he yeah. just never got locked yeah. into a thing. What about you? Do you? Does that want to be your MO for films going forward? Are you going to make all these ones that are kind of... Uh, on the surreal edge, or are you going to go straight and make a you know, dopey comedy or something? I do, I, <laughs> a dopey comedy might not be the, uh, the thing I do, no? but oh, okay. I, can, I guess I want to always create an own kind of world. Um, and I think those are the, the, the movies that I'm, or series, because we live in the golden age of television, so you can't rule out series, um, that I'm more drawn to, I guess. Um, but I always kind of look for a story that I'm touched by or a world that I want to explore or um, be it science fiction, fantasy, be it anything. 
I mean, just has to be a story that 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 I can relate to and that I want to tell because it's so hard to make a movie. And um, I mean, you might only get one chance as a director because it's always that's the hard thing. It's always your fault. If yeah. it's good, it's your fault. We cover oh, every your, damn movie here your, at your the movie honor, guys. Uh, if it's if it's bad, it's the director's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, in, in covering every damn movie that comes out, I look at half of them and go. How did like how is that how did it get made? Yeah, how is that the passion project mm. of the people involved in it? How is that like the, oh I got to do this. I got to do grown-ups too, you know what? <laughs> and so I, I I think sometimes it comes to like they say ah we do this and you do this for us and then you can do your own stuff. But that's tricky, I think, because if you do the other movie and it doesn't do well, then you can forget uh, your own projects or mm. the ones you want to do. I think you always have to feel, at least, even if you do a film for someone else or for some reason, you always have to feel uh, drawn to it because uh, otherwise it's... And I don't think most people feel like that. I think it's commerce. I think it just comes down to money. Mm. And, yeah, and I think... It's made for money. Yeah. I think I if th- you do just movies just for money, then you're already lost. Mm. And, and the movie itself is probably lost. So the movie's probably crap, and the people who are doing it are, are not unhappy to be doing it. I've done crap movies and had a very good time doing them. Now, what, what has the, what being Oscar-nominated afforded you towards making your next project? Um, well, I guess um, with the attention that the film then got, it got seen by some high-level agents here, and I was able to sign with a uh, big agency here, CAA. Nice. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the name of that agency again? Uh, Creative Artists Agency. <laughs> I'm going to write that. I'm gonna write no, that's that not what it stands for. Yeah, I think CAA. Oh, yes, yes, that's yeah, what yeah. it stands for. It's pronounced CA. CA. Yes. Uh-huh. Similar to a bird crow. Ka-ka. <laughs> not a CA. Ka-ka. Don't say that. CA. CA. Thank you. I did a better break. Uh, so yeah, and they uh, and I've been now uh, been in touch with people, production people, uh, people in the studios, and like uh, we were talking about Zach Braff before. What I find a shame with Zach Braff is um, I know how films get made and um, what he actually could have done. Uh, person like him is what usually films like that how they get financed is pre-sales. So. People also already go to distributors and they uh, sell the movie already before they make it. So you can get the $5 million budgets, especially him, uh, from that. So to go the Kickstarter route, I don't know. That's his choice and that's his. he can do that. I mean, it's people, uh, it's their choice to give money or not. So it's not, you can't blame him for wanting to do it. But I mean, he would have other options if he really wanted to have artistic control and I mean, that's that's a mute point, I think. I, I don't um, want to go down an ugly path here, but did you submit to Sundance? I did, and it didn't get selected. It didn't get selected. That's crazy. That's life. I mean, um, uh, if you make a movie, then you always are putting it out there. And I know, I mean, with film festivals, like, lot, uh, like Sundance, it's a bit like a lottery. Uh, you know that when you start. Uh, because they, I mean, how many films that were submitted this year? 8,000 or something like that? It comes and, and like I mean, fifty short films get selected. Maybe yeah. no, I, th- I think it's only twenty. So you know your percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, well, it's it's when a festival selection committee, it's usually one person who sees your film. If you're lucky, there are mm-hmm. three people who see your film. Watch the whole thing. Watch the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. and 
yeah, well, then some people resonate to some films, some people don't. And that's kind of the game that you play. But there's a long list of very successful movies that got turned down by Sundance. Uh, you know, Swingers, for instance, you know, like tons, tons, tons. I mean, it, it's, I guess, um, the most troubling thing about getting rejected or something like that by a festival is that uh, usually it's the, like, especially with short films, it's the only way that you get your film shown. I was lucky now with the Oscars that it's on iTunes, it, that it gets more traction. It was in the theaters uh, during the Oscar period. Um, but most people don't have that luck. And then it's festivals only that you can uh, show your film at and, and, and hope that people actually, because that's why you make films, it's that people can actually watch them, of course. Yeah. Um, you, of course, you now you can put it on Vimeo and uh, you can do it that way. Um, but, I mean, for films like I make, they're made for a big screen. So then it's the only way to, 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 to bring it to the big screen. Um, and so, yeah, you need those festivals. And it always hurts when you're, when you're rejected. Um, for me, even now, with with uh, the success that I have, if I get a rejection from a festival, I'm mad, uh, and, I, and it hurts because you're always, as a filmmaker, you're always putting yourself out there, and it's always someone saying, "Ah, we don't like your stuff," and then it hurts. Do you have another film going out right now, or well, I'm still... I'm trying to. Um, w w the mistake I made as a filmmaker is um, I was focused because my film took a long time to make. It took five years in total. Um, and I was focused on one. <laughs> I got distracted. Um, he does that. On one uh, one project for this whole time, but as a filmmaker, you kind of spread spread your uh, have more eggs in the basket. Uh, so now I'm trying to have multiple projects, feature projects. Television series, I know. Hey, uh, why not? I think th I think this is. If I can jump in, I think this is a, a big uh, mistake that filmmakers uh, make. Is that if you make something that's really great and people see it, the first thing they say to you is, "What do you? What's next?" And if you don't have the thing to stick in their hand mm -hmm. while the door's still open, yep. As long as the door is open, have shit to hand them. Even if it's, I saw you at a festival. If I can speak out, I saw Tom working uh, a room at a festival because we, we were, I guess maybe St. Louis. I don't know where we were. We, we traveled the country with our films. And also we saw Tom in those places. But I saw Tom working, trying to generate those ideas in front of a group of people to keep those people because you never know who's in that audience. And you never know the guy who asks you, what do you have next? If you don't have the script to hand them, that's the thing that sets you back. If you have the thing to hand them, whether it's you make that thing or not, it lets them know that there's stuff coming. And I think that's a, a mistake that filmmakers make a lot is they put all their eggs in one basket. I, I, th I think uh, uh, Jonathan could speak to this too after the success of, uh, of certain. He had huge success with, with a, a couple of his films. And, and if you don't have the big thing to put in people's hands, I think that's a mistake. And so if, if you're making films and if you're shooting stuff, make sure you have the next thing to do because they will ask you. And if you don't have it, they're going to go, oh, good, and move on to the next guy. Even Tommy Wiseau, who directed The Room, has a next thing. <laughs> He's got a couple. He's got, you know The Room? Yeah. Oh, well, I love it. The Apartment you mean The worst movie? Yeah. Huh? The worst movie of all time? Perhaps. You know this film? Perhaps. I, I well, I heard that, that it's uh, kind of a running joke that people go to it theaters is. just to yeah, really movie. They were where your film yet, screened yeah. at the NoHo Seven. They play it there every month or every so. Every month, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. people fill it up and they yell at the screen. You yeah. throw stuff. It's the greatest. It's like and yeah. that guy. It's a cult movie. Yeah, it's like Rocky Horror Picture. That guy had the next thing ready to go. He's yeah. like, I got a pilot, and so now that's up on his website too. Right. Mm. But so you need uh, a big thing to put in people's hands. Is that what you're saying? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the other kind of movie, I Thanks think. Thanks for <laughs> right. bringing that home, Joe. I, I'm just repeating Stoney's words back to him. <laughs> well, if you want to see so. what uh, Tom Van Avermet has out right now, did you like that? That was really well done. Yeah, nice accent, nice. too. Well, it took me like 90 minutes to get it right. <laughs> when I started out, I was like, Tom Van Avermet? Now I got it right. Uh, and it's fluent in Dutch. Uh, <laughs> matter of time. <laughs> matter of time. I'll be Belgish. Is that over there? I'll no, be a phlegm. Belgiumese. Uh, so if, if you want to see what he's got uh, going right now, as opposed to his next project, because you, you see this one, you'll want to see the next project. I do. And it's Death of a Shadow, short film, currently on iTunes. A couple of bucks and you get to see it. It is Oscar nominated. It's no joke. Give it up for Tom. Hello, Tom. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. It's uh, So let me give you the uh, the usual plugs. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, Google+. We signed up for some of this stuff. I don't even do anything with Instagram, but it's there. Uh, we Vine every once in a while. I think our last review on Vine was The Croods, so it's been a while. <laughs> They're like six-second videos and I have no time. It sucked, done. <laughs> it sucked done. It sucked done. Yeah, but uh, Jonathan Browning, Joe Kaplan, Stony Westmoreland, of course, were sitting in. Much appreciated while the rest of the gang was off. Karen texting me in the middle of the show. Uh, Jamie Clark Yelvington mining the soundboard oh, and uh, hey. Damier being a co-producer by the time we're done with everything's getting set up. And, of course, Steve Schultz for his writing contributions Steve. every week. And remember, you can always find us at themovieguys.net. Thanks for listening. Way too fast. Use every alibi and word to